as we continue our service with the Family Nativity. Nothing wrong with a little suspense. It's okay, they have to navigate the fog. It might take an extra minute. <laughs> While we're waiting, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad to see you. Merry Christmas. All right, here we go.
Okay, hello everyone and welcome again to Genesis the Church. About 2,000 years ago in the town of Nazareth, there lived a young woman named Mary. She was engaged to be married to Joseph, a carpenter. Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. Soon after the angel's visit, Mary and Joseph were married. When Mary was due to have her baby, they were told they had to go on a long journey to Bethlehem, which was where Joseph's family came from. This was because they had to pay a special tax. Joseph walked and Mary rode a donkey for a few days over the hills of Galilee. <laughs> At last, Mary and Joseph arrived in Bethlehem. It was crowded with other people who needed to pay their taxes. Mary was very tired and needed a place to stay. At each end, the story was the same. There was no room for them. Eventually, one kind innkeeper said that he had a stable where he kept his animals. They were welcome to stay there. And so it was that a few hours later, Mary gave birth to her son in that stable. She wrapped Jesus in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger full of hay. At the same time, on a hillside overlooking Bethlehem, some shepherds were watching over their sheep. A bright light appeared in the sky. It was the angel of the Lord. Do not be afraid. I am here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in Bethlehem. A Savior who is Messiah. This is what you are to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. The shepherds wanted to go and see the baby. When they arrived, they saw Jesus lying in a manger. They knelt down and worshipped him. They told Mary and Joseph how the angel had appeared in the sky and told them that Jesus was to be the savior of the world. Far away in the east, wise men saw a new star shining high in the star. The wise men come. Okay. The wise men then set off to find baby Jesus. They were guarded by by the star to, to the stable in Bethlehem. They gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth. Here they knelt down and worshipped him. Oh, come, let us adore 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 him, Christ the Lord. The kids may go back to their families.
ourselves there's so much sorrow it's way too late to say i'll cry tomorrow each of us must find our truth it's so long overdue so for tonight we pray for what we know can be and every day we hope for what we still can see it's up to us to be the change Merry Christmas, everyone. Hi, my name is Greg. Welcome to Genesis. Thanks for spending your Christmas Eve with us. Every year, we rally our community to host an overnight warming center for those experiencing homelessness. Our signups have started. There is a sign-up boards in the lobby. Please scan a QR code and join us in this all-hands-on-deck effort. Whether this is your first time at Genesis, or you call Genesis your church home, or perhaps you have a friend or family member that would like to volunteer to share their love, this opportunity is for you. Uh, Year-end giving announcement. As we approach the end of the year, we reflect on our journey as a resilient and inclusive community amid global challenges. Genesis the Church, embodying hope, inspiration, and unwavering faith, stands as a testament to our shared commitment. We operate as an all-inclusive community without specific denominational affiliations, relying solely on internal funding. Your generosity funds everything we do. 
supporting missionaries and compassion partners, hosting events like the Warming Center, and covering operational costs. We greatly appreciate your year-end gift. Please remember all donations need to be postmarked by uh, the 31st in order to be included in year-end giving. And that's all the announcements I have. I invite the Wright family forward to do our reading and Advent candle. Hello, church. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah 9, 2, 6 through 7, NIV. How does a weary world hold on to hope, practice peace, spread joy, or know love? How does a weary world combat cruelty? We do all these things. We do all of these things with God's help. We do all these things Oops. with God's help. Sorry. For tonight, a child is born in Bethlehem. Tonight, Christ draws near. Tonight, we light the Christ candle. Tonight, we are not alone. God is near. Love has drawn close. Rejoice, for God loves this weary world. Amen.
Good evening, and Merry Christmas Eve. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Canarius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral homes to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. 
She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared before them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined with a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as the angel had told them. We have this story. You saw it acted out and read, and we read it for you again tonight. This is the birth announcement. The birth announcement of Jesus. And maybe even more simply, for those of you who have received birth announcements from friends or grandchildren or from a sister or a brother, this was the birth announcement to the shepherds. Don't be afraid. Scott Erickson said that be not afraid could be a legit substitution for Merry Christmas. Be not afraid. Say that to the person next to you. Say it like an angel. Nice. Well done. Say it like Darth Vader. Be not afraid. All right. Um, say it like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Be not afraid. Ah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Say it to the youngest person in your row. Say it to the oldest person in your row. The oldest and wisest. <laughs> Be not afraid. A substitution, a way of even saying Merry Christmas. Don't be afraid. It is such good news. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Fred Craddock, who, who wrote a commentary, this is children's favorite parts. I said, kids are here, we should read from a commentary tonight. But Fred notes that in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, that, there, that in the Greek text, there's a lack of punctuation. And because there's a lack of punctuation, this leaves some ambiguity to the meaning. 
And he says, commas are important. And so just because I want to say commas are important, I want you to read something with me with some commas in it. Here it is. Let's eat grandpa. <laughs> or with the comma, let's eat grandpa. So let me ask this question. Any grandpas in the house? Grandpas, are commas important? Okay, good. The grandpas of the house have said it. Commas are important. I think they like the one. We're not going to, so do not eat your grandpa tonight. So I want to show you a couple of different things in this passage of Luke 2. In verse 14, the announcement. Because if a comma is there, it changes it for us, for many of us. So here it is. Here's two ways. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among people with whom God is pleased. No comma. The next one, or glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among people with whom God is pleased. Now one has, one leaves, one of them makes it like there's some people whom God is pleased with and potentially there's some people whom God isn't pleased with. And there's some ambiguity like, okay, well, who are those? Exactly. But when we put the comma there, good news for all of mankind to people with whom God is pleased. It takes away the, the assumption that maybe this, this declaration of God's pleasure was, was not, it was, it's for everyone. God's joy is for everyone. Because some read it and would say, if God's not pleased with some people, potentially that's me. Regardless of what good or not good you've done. But Luke is given a proclamation that isn't about your actions. It's a proclamation of joy and good news to all of humanity. That God is pleased with humanity. He loves the world he created. He was created in his likeness. Commas are important. Does the good news come to all people or to only those with whom God is pleased? It comes to all people. Does it come to Herod and Caesar Augustus? Yes. Does the good news, this has no conditions of human behavior. This good news is for everyone. Everyone is worthy of God's joy. This is too good to be true grace. The announcement of God's pleasure over mankind to come in the flesh and to make himself known. In the story that we've read, there's lots of assumptions. We like to make a lot of assumptions in the story of Jesus' birth. Scott Erickson, in his book, Honest Advent, says that even in the narrative that we tell each other, we've added a number of assumptions into the narrative. Even the beautiful, historically accurate display that the kids did tonight, there were some assumptions. Here's one of them. It's assumed that Mary rode a donkey. But it doesn't say. Now, we hope she did. She's pregnant. That's a long journey. My word. We hope she has a donkey. But, it, but it's not said. So we made that assumption. We assumed that there's an innkeeper. But it doesn't mention 
one anywhere. We assume there was three magi, but that isn't said. There was three gifts given, but not three. It doesn't give a number of those who showed up. We assume that there was a star overhead when Jesus was born, but it doesn't say that either. It's assumed that Jesus was born in a stable, but all it says is that he was laid in a manger. And that could have been a total whole bunch of number of places. And as I said, some people assume that God is pleased with some and not pleased with others. That God's displeasure is already on them. Instead of a God who sees those created in his likeness and feels pleasure and joy for them. Does that mean that God is pleased with every action that people do? No. But he's pleased with everyone who bears his likeness. So this season does come with a lot of assumptions. Christmas does. Some are helpful and some are not. The assumptions that we make of the spiritual life can sometimes not be helpful when we make too much of them. Assumptions like ones that fail us that we, when we have these assumptions of what the spiritual life is supposed to look like or who is worthy for it to happen to and, and what kind of outcomes it's supposed to have for us. Maybe these are assumptions that you feel. Assumption like this, that you should be more than you are now to be pleasing to God. An assumption like your weaknesses are in the way of God's plan for your life. An assumption like your lack of religious excitement disqualifies you from divine participation. Maybe you relate to your assumptions that you're probably not doing it right. Anyone feel that? That assumption? Or the assumption that other spiritual people have something that you don't. Scott Erickson says that our assumptions hinder our spiritual journey in all kinds of ways. And that the antidote of assumption is surprise. Surprise. The surprise that the incarnation happened in Mary's day as it is happening every day in our lack of resources. The surprise that the incarnation happens in our overcrowded lodging, in our unlit night skies, in our humble surroundings. So here's a few surprises for us. It's a surprise that life can come through barren places. And so maybe your area feels barren this day, but life can come where it's barren. It's a surprise that meek nobodies partake in divine plans like the shepherds. It's a surprise that messengers are sent all along the hidden journey of life to let you know that you're not alone. It's a surprise that you will be given everything you need to accomplish what you've been asked to do. It's a surprise that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from love. Our assumptions believe that something must be able to separate us. There's something that can, but surprise, nothing can. 
So in this narrative this year, may we pause and realize the God who makes room for us, who meets us right where we are, who pulls us into the divine story, who speaks over us right now just in those days. Let us know that we bring God delight and joy and that he wants us nearer. May your surprise push away all of your assumptions this year of the God who comes near to every one of us. So let's pray. So Father, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, this reality that you came close, may we be surprised that you also come so close to us. You are not far, but you're near, and you make room for us. And all of our frailty and all of our weaknesses with all of our doubts, just as we are, you display your love for us in the person of Jesus and your care for us each day. Open our eyes that we might be surprised again with your love. And we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing together tonight, Silent Night. So as we continue worshiping tonight, would you join in lifting your voices as we sing together?
So we're going to light candles now. As of the tradition in this church, the reminded from the life of Jesus, the light of the world that has never extinguished, been extinguished, will not extinguish, but shines and continues to captivate the love of God everywhere. So we're reminded that tonight, so you have a candle. Um, Dave was one of our, the smart guys here. He's like, Bo, we should teach people how to do this so people don't get wax dripped on them. And, and also, it's only taken us 180 years to realize that we should probably have glow sticks for kids. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, the technology is here. So if you get, all you got to do is snap it, and boom, the glow stick is in there. If you've got one for your kids, you can have the glow stick. But we're going to pass this. So the one who has the burning candle... Keep that um, just up straight, and then the one you pass it to can bring their candle in and light it off it. So if you've got the flame, hold that straight. Harvest, my son, is going to help me. And from the Christ candle, we're going to pass this, and we're going to spread it through the room. And so I just invite you to continue to pass the flame back if you've got a candle in your hand. So Harvest, you'll light on this side, and I'll go to this side, okay? Let me help you. And then we're going to sing as well as the light is passed.
stars are brightly shining, it is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for
your candle or your glow stick high. May you feel the warmth of the love of God upon you. May you know that you are pulled in close. And God makes room for you at his table. And may we do the same and make room for others. There's room for them. Because our God is good to each of us. Merry Christmas and God bless you. And so Richard's going to kick the lights on for us. And then you can blow out your candle before we ignite anyone's hair. And then there's a tub there in the back if you want to drop the candles in the tub there in the back. And the glow sticks are for you to take if they're still glowing. Have a great Christmas and celebrating with your friends and your family. Put your costumes back in South Hall if you've got an angel costume.